If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us this morning to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. If we begin a, a Christmas season uh, this December, preaching on uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, we know it's his birthday, and we need to make sure we tell our little ones why we have Christmas. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. The life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Father, I pray that you'd help us to see who we are and where we are this morning. And Lord, if we're not as close to you as we should be, today's a day to rededicate our hearts and our lives and our following uh, to you. I pray for any in this room today that might be lost, that have never accepted you as their Savior. Lord, I pray that today would be that day. Lord, help us to search our hearts and to be sure that we're ready to leave this world to meet you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. John doesn't beat around the bush when he starts his gospel of telling us about the Word. Now, if you notice in your Bible or if you noticed on the screen... I want to make sure you understand that the word there is capitalized for a reason. And that reason is the word is Jesus Christ. And it's plain and simple. He says, in the beginning was the word. Jesus has always been. And so, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. In other words, Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. Now, I can't explain that. I do believe in the Trinity. I believe I have a, a heavenly Father who's God Almighty. I believe that my Jesus is there beside him. And I believe in the Holy Spirit of God that indwells my life. The three, but they're one. I can't explain it. I just believe it. And that when I get to heaven, I'm going to be able to see God as an individual person. I'm going to be able to see Jesus by Savior. Two different people. But right now we serve a risen Savior. Right now we we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And I think about this as we come to this Christmas season. And you ask a lot of times, I ask people, I say, well, what is your relationship with so-and-so? Well, they're my brother, they're my cousin, they're my sister, they're my mama, my daddy, my grandma, my grandpa, and so on and so forth. But what is your relationship and what is my relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you something. That relationship makes all the difference in the world. I don't care who you are, where you go, what you're trying to become, or what some of us have already been. That relationship with Jesus is the only thing that's going to count when this life is over. I didn't start my life. I won't end my life. You say, well, what about people who commit suicide? Let me tell you something. Suicide is a horrible thing. 
It's horrible no matter who it is, whether it be a close relative or whether it be just an acquaintance. Suicide is a hard thing to deal with and to live with. But I say it just like this. All of us have a time and a place where we will leave this world. And if you or I choose the route of suicide, it may not be God's will we leave that way. But if it is, that's how we will leave. I had a close friend who had a brother who took a shotgun and put it to his chest and pulled the trigger. His sister called me and said, he has tried to take his life and he's in the hospital. I wish you would go see him. I went. He didn't know I was there. Tubes out ever imaginable hole in his body and holes where they went and they made holes and hung tubes. He survived. And then he done it again. And he left here. If that's the way God wants you to leave this world, that's the way you will leave. Another true story, a young man, I was called to his house because he said, I'm going to end my life. My, my, my daddy has gone. My aunt is gone. I don't have anything left, and I'm going to end it all. I says, how are you planning to do this? He said, well, I have a gun, and I'll put it to my head, and I'll pull the trigger, and it'll be over with. I said, let me ask you a question. If it is over with, where do you plan to be? After you pull the trigger. He simply says, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I said, let me tell you something. The moment you pull that trigger, if you leave this world, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. And you need to decide which way you want to go because there are no exits in hell. He said, I hadn't thought about that. I said, let me ask you another question. What if you pull the trigger and it don't take your life and it leaves you a vegetable the rest of your life? How are you going to deal with that knowing everything and can't do anything for yourself? I hadn't thought about that. Well, the young man got saved in church, became a deacon, working hard in in the men's uh, ministry. I praise God for that simple moment. You see, sometimes we run up on these situations and we just say, well, I can't change it anyway. You never know by asking questions. So I ask you, what is your and my relationship with Jesus? You know, you ask little children, what, what's this time of year? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's Christmas. Well, what is that? Well, it's presents and Santa Claus and on and on. But hey, I guarantee you, our little children here at this congregation is getting more than gifts and Santa Claus. They're getting the birth of Jesus. I know that to be a fact. And I praise God for the ministry that our church has through our children's ministry and and our uh, children's church and our good news uh, program uh, the, the, at Orchard Park. I just praise God for the opportunity to go into the schools and to pray wherever. And I've told you about praying. When somebody says, hey, pray for me about such and such thing, the best time to do that, guys, is right then. I've prayed everywhere. It make no difference who's listening. I mean, you know, Jesus spoke many times to his disciples But all the crowd around heard what he said. 
This week, in a, in a, a little convenience store, I, went, I got gas. I went in to pay and picked me up some snacks. And, and in that snack, you know what it was a Mountain Dew. But uh, I paid for it. And, I, and the little girl, she says, as she's ringing it up and getting the change, she said, I need you to pray for me. She said, I have two unspoken prayer requests. I said, okay. So she, when she put her little hand over there to drop the money in there, when she dropped the money, I just squeezed her hand and prayed with her right there in the store. I don't know who else was in there. Makes no difference. She asked me to pray for her. I have that authority. I have that right to pray in public. Hello? I tell our young ones, you can, you can pray at school. They can't stop you. You can share Jesus at school. They can't stop you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. John says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word of God, and it became flesh. And as I look at this beautiful scene right here and the baby laying in the manger, that's when God Almighty came to this earth and lived among us, trying to teach us and show us the way. So our relationship, I just want to share five simple things, and they are very simple. And if you're writing, they're easy to, to, to write these down. And uh, Cassie's going to put Scripture up. Every one of these points has a Scripture reference, and, I, and, if, and if I can see it up on the screen, I'm going to try to read it. If not, I'll just look it up in my own Bible here. But first of all, in our relationship, we think about the branches, the branch. Okay, that's, that's the Gospel of John chapter 15. Verse 5, it says, I am the vine. That's what Jesus said. I am the vine, and you are the branches. And he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, notice what he says, you can't do anything. You can do nothing without the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, you may attempt it. You say, well, this is what I've accomplished in my life. Well, I've started my second book. It's called Things I Remember, and I got to hurry because I'm, I'm going to forget. <laughs> and, and those things, you know, as, as we think about the branches, you can't do anything without the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may contempt it, but it'll not be come out like, it, like God intended it for it to. So the best thing to do is give your heart and life to him and be a kind of branch that stands out. When I think of a branch, you know what I think of? Sap. The sap in those branches. Well, you know, all, all the trees now except cedars and pines, uh, that sap's coming out and going back down in the ground where it don't freeze. And, and, uh, but the sap is the life. And when you chop a branch off, what does it do? It bleeds. It bleeds the sap. When you and I are cut, hey, we bleed. And I want to tell you something. Without some bleeding, of a Christian, there is not going to be any blessing. And I'm not talking about this bleeding blood. I'm talking about if you bleed for somebody, you pray for them, you love them, and you, you try to coach them, there's not going to be any blessing if you're not willing uh, to bleed with them. I think of that uh, bark. What's the bark for? The bark is to protect. And every time that you snatch bark off of a tree, hey, it bleeds and that bark begins to form and form around. But that scar is always there. Somebody said the only man-made thing in heaven is the scars in Jesus' hand and his side. 
Man didn't make anything else that's in heaven. The Bible says, in fact, Jesus, everything made was made by him and for him and through him, and he's given it to us. But the bark is to protect, and our Lord Jesus Christ protects us. Listen, if you, if you know God's will for your life and you're doing it, he's going to protect you. You mark it down, he's going to be there for you. No matter what happens, God is not going to leave us. So our relationship, I compare it to branches because he's in those branches. You can't do anything unless you stay connected to the vine. Secondly, the sheep in John's gospel, uh, chapter 10, verses 27 uh, and t- through 29, it says, my sheep, okay? We're going to compare ourselves to sheep this right now. Uh, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. What does he say? I give it. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. He said, I'm going to give you eternal life and they shall never perish. Listen, once you're saved, you're saved. You can't get lost after you're truly born again. Never perish. Neither shall any man, notice now, pluck them out of my hand. My father, Jesus said, my father, which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. What a promise. Somebody one time said, well, you can take yourself out of God's hand. No, you can't. No man. No, you can't. So, well, what if I turn and I quit this, quit serving the Lord? What, what about it? The Bible says that he will chasten every son, daughter whom he loves. And I have had that whipping and subject to get it any time. We get out of line. Hey, my daddy always had a way of putting me back in line. Hey, I honored and respected my daddy. Sometime it wasn't a thing but clearing his throat. That's enough said there. Sometime it was when that lever on that recliner went down and the feet went down and oh, I know the battle was on. I can still hear it when he would undo that belt and whip it through those loops. I knew it was going to be bad. This little boy kept cutting up. He was sitting by his daddy on the front and his daddy kept trying to calm him down and finally his daddy throwed him over his shoulder and started out. And the the little boy had heard the preacher many times say, pray people, pray. So he's on his daddy's shoulder going out And he said, my dear people of God, pray, pray, pray. (laughs) It's going to be bad. Pray for him. Hey, everybody, listen, if you haven't had a whipping from God, are you sure you're on his side? He chastens every son whom he loves. You say, no, I've never had a, hey, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you say you haven't sinned, the Bible says you make God out to be a liar. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, you know, we as sheep, he said, they hear my voice. <clears throat> that means we listen. The sheep follow that voice. The sheep never perish According to John 3, 16, for God, nobody else, not Mohammed, nope. All that crowd, it claims they were something. 
I don't know where they're all buried at, but you can pull it up on your smartphone, find out they're dead, they're buried, they're still in the tomb. When you look up Jesus on that, you'll find out he was, he was born, he died, he was buried, but he is alive forevermore. Praise God for that. Now, the sheep never perish, and the sheep are never lost. I believe in eternal Salvation. I believe in eternal security, okay? Some denominations don't teach that. How in the world can you lay down at night and go to sleep knowing that, hey, I could be lost. I don't know where I'm lost or saved. Listen, that's an issue that needs to get settled because the devil will feed your brain and feed mine and get you to the point you're thinking, well, I must not be saved. Things aren't going right. Listen, if you're on God's side, that is, if you're saved, you're on God's side, things aren't always going to go right because the devil's going to see to it that you have problems, that I have problems. Troubles, trials, and tribulations, and all three of those have an S on it. As long as we live in this world, we're going to have all three of those. That's why we need the Lord. That's why we need to, as a branch, stay connected to the vine. As sheep, Listen for that still small voice. And then thirdly, the salt. In Matthew 5, 13, we see it talking about the salt. Ye are the salt of the earth. Now, I want you to listen. But if the salt have lost his sever, wherewith shall it be salted? Look what he says. It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Salt. What is it for? Salt penetrates. I don't know too many people is doing it today, but I can remember those days of hog killing. And we, we looked, hey, wintertime was coming, and you'd pick the coldest day you could pick to kill that hog and, and boil him and scrape the hair off of him and cut him open and, and, and hey, cutting out them hams bathing them in salt and wrapping them and putting them down in a box, that salt would penetrate that meat and that salt would keep that meat from perishing. You and I are the salt and we are to penetrate the world. That's one of our marching orders to penetrate. Secondly, the salt preserves. That's what it did to that ham. It preserved that ham until you were ready uh, to, to eat it and it wasn't frozen. It came out of the ham house, hanging up. I can see them hanging there right now, just, just hanging there. And I guess I'm sure these people that still do it today. But I remember those hog-killing days. That's going to be part of that in, in my book, the things that I remember. I remember them boiling and cooking that lard. I can see it right now, and I'm stirring. And in fact, I got one of those big stirring sticks where you stirred that lard. And I can remember those, those ladies making soap. And I mean, it's just amazing what you can do because, you know, God, he preserves us. The Bible talks about you are kept by the power of God and nobody else. So salt penetrates. Salt preserves, but also salt purifies. I'm an old believer. If I get a sore throat or scratch your throat, hey, hot, salt, water, gargle with it. Go to bed and, sl- and, and slobber. Go to bed. <laughs> you will slobber, but you need to swallow it so it'll get down to the soil where the germs are and it'll kill the germs. 
because salt purifies lives that we touch. We're trying to help them become purified in the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, um, salt protects. God's going to protect us. He's done promised he would. That he didn't promise it's going to be a bed of roses and everything's going to go our way. No. But he's promised to be with us. He's promised to never leave us nor forsake us. I'm going to be there for you all the way to the end. And when we come into heaven, there is no end. It'll continue to go. So we are branches. We're sheep. We're salt. But also, uh, a fourth thing, we're the light. In Matthew 5, uh, 14 through 16, says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. So he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Listen, I am what I am because of who he is. And, I, and he's not through with me yet. I see these signs under construction. You know, that's where I am. I am under construction. My life a lot of times is a mess. It's cluttered, but I'm under construction. And I'm looking forward to the day that that job is over with and I am in heaven with my heavenly father and Jesus with friends and family. That's gonna happen, y'all. It's gonna happen whether you believe it or not because we are the light of this world. Jesus is the light. He came into the world because the world was dark. Listen, the world is still dark. And you and I, we're the only lights. That's why he said, let your light shine. Let your light shine that others might see Jesus. I think about that light sometime. Sometime I have a sour attitude. That means the light's not bright. Sometime my reflector might get dirty and it don't reflect the true light. Sometimes it might become cracked with sin, so therefore it don't reflect a true and strong light. And you know, heat, heat has a way of causing reflectors to fade. Listen, the heat of this world can cause us to fade. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need to be with him and be strong in the Lord, the Bible says. Our last thing is the bread in Luke 4, 4. We're the bread. It says, and Jesus answered him, saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That's what he said to the devil when the devil said, hey, I'm hungry. You hungry? You're tired? You're weak? Look at these rocks here. There's a mess of rocks here. And you got the authority. You got the power. Won't you change these, these rocks to bread and let's just have a good time eating? And that's when he said, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father, and that is the word of God. There's not a word in this word that's not true. Every bit of it is true. There are no contradictions in the word of God, regardless of what man might say. There are no lies in the Bible. It's all true. And from, from Genesis 1-1 all the way to the, the end of the last scripture, last verse of the book of Revelation, it's Jesus. There's nothing else. There will be nothing else. There's nobody, nobody has come before him and nobody is coming after him. 
When he died on the cross and bowed his head, he simply said, and I'm glad he said it, it is finished. Meaning I can't add anything to it. I better not take anything away from it. It's Jesus or nothing. So when I think of the bread, I think of grain. You know, the, the farmers are riding along the highway. They're plowing up fields. They're planting the grain. And before long, that wheat and oats and barley and stuff is going to come up. It's going to head out. And they're going to move in there with the combines and collect all this grain. Well, you don't go around, give me a, give me a mouthful of grain. I just want to chew on it. No, you don't do that. You crush the grain to make flour. And then you take the flour and mix some stuff with it and knead it and, and make bread that smells good. It, and then we get to eat it. We get to taste of it. Listen, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You want to live forever? You've got to believe in me. In fact, that's what the last verse that we read this morning, that there was a man called John. You see, John, John was chosen way before he was ever born. He said, hey, he's not going to drink any strong drink. And, you know, he's, he's going he's to be the forerunner. He's going to tell about the entrance of Jesus into this world. In fact, John was Jesus' first cousin. Isn't that great? Hey, and John said, hey, you better be careful because he's coming. He's coming. He was baptizing. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Jesus. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. And so he says here in the word, the same came for a witness. That is, John came to bear witness of the light. Now, he was not the light, but he was a reflector of the light that all men through him might believe. Believe is the key word this morning. Um, When I think of all that the Lord has done for me, uh, you know, I'm a blessed man. I think of... uh, what, what a reflection of Jesus am I? What kind of reflection am I? Am I reflecting the true light? Am I representing a good, strong branch that's going to hold and support the fruit that he's going to give? What, what, a, what a reflection we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. And what a Savior. And I simply say this. Do you know him? Not have you heard of him, but do you know him? Is that uh, video a while ago, people have never even, some have never even heard the name Jesus. I can't imagine that. Can you? What if you had never heard the name Jesus? Where would you be? You'd be lost, period. But you know the, the sad thing about us right here in the, in the Bible Belt area? Hey, this morning, one, two, Three preachers that I got to listen to on TV. No excuse for not hearing the gospel. And these are gospel preachers. I'm not talking about somebody tooping and hollering and jumping up and down, cutting flips and spitting and sputtering. I'm talking about the gospel was being preached. We have no excuse. That's why the question is, do you believe? And if you do believe, and if you have believed, What is your relationship with Jesus right now? You know, Santa Claus is coming. We sing that. But I tell you something else. Jesus is coming. It'd suit me if Jesus got here before Santa Claus. Hello? And all these gifts, hey, somebody else can have them. But I want to see Jesus. 
I thank you this morning for listening. And I know some of you, and if I could, if it wouldn't embarrass you, I'd come back and ask you, would you go forward with me? I love you that much, but I won't do that for fear to embarrass you, turn you completely away from God. But I beg you, we have our time of invitation. The altar's open, and it shouldn't make any difference what your neighbor thinks about you. But it makes all the difference in the world what Jesus thinks. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch these hearts, touch my heart, touch our lives. Lord, help us to be the kind of reflector to, that you would be proud of, that would reflect the true light, that would, as salt, we would taste like we're supposed to. Lord, I pray that you bless every home that's represented in this room. And if there's one, Lord, that's lost, God, draw them by your Holy Spirit this morning to the front. Lord, just give them courage to come. If there's any here that's, uh, that knows that they're not as close to God as they used to be or want to be, Lord, help them to come. If there's any here that feels the need to put their membership here today, Lord, we just extend that invitation also. I pray that you bless Mark as he comes to lead us in our hymn of invitation. And Lord, give our people courage. And Lord, I pray that no one would come to this altar today and be alone. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.